The following podcast is an 8122 Productions podcast in association with Hashtag 607 Podcast, Next Wave, Alternate Reality Radio. For more information, please go to 8122productions.com. Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Welcome to Horror Zone 607, the podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm your host, Mike C., and we are over our Halloween hangover that we had last week. And uh, back in the studio, we got a great show. We got so much stuff to talk about this week. Uh, a couple great segments. We're going to talk about Stephen King this past week. Uh, you know, the, the great Dr. Sleep came out. So we're going to talk about uh, about that movie and uh, Stephen King in general. And uh, we're also going to – we got a special guest in the studio this week. But before we get to him, before we get to any of that, before we get to the news, I want to first introduce my co-host – he wears a pompadour better than Elvis Presley or Vanilla Ice. Yes, we could only be talking about one man. He's my good friend, Rich. I think the only person that wears it better than me is Sleazy P. Martini. Yeah. He's the only one, but his is fake. Yeah. Mine is completely real. Yours all is real. Na- all natural, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's how I rock it, even though technically I'm a fat bald guy. But still. It doesn't matter. Let's, it let's looks forget, great on let's, you. Let's forget the fact that people have seen pictures of me. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that it's like Rocky it's like, Five. It's, well, it's, like, it's like, like Rocky Five. It never happened. Yeah, not to that. It's like The Wizard of Oz. The, you it know, never don't, happened. Don't pay, don't pay attention. Don't pay nah. attention to the guy behind the curtain. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the guy behind the curtain. Look at the great, powerful Oz. That's what it is. Oh gosh. All right. Well, I did mention a second ago that we got we got a special guest in the studio this week. Um, you know, it, about a year ago he was on the show, uh, but you know, since that time he became a reclusive drifter that uh, we haven't heard from or seen since. So uh, I want to welcome him back to the show. He's uh, he's one of my good friends. You all uh, hear us talk about him all the time. It, that would be uh, that would be our good friend Luke. Hi there. I'm I'm a reclusive drifter. You You're say? a reclusive <laughs> drifter. Yes. Why is it because I brought you this dead squirrel it could be it was it a good be. gift it was a good gift i i, I, I mean i thought i like, have worn thee it's like a I, it's like a i didn't know if it was like a housewarming or a dish to pass but you know it, um it looks like a dish to pass to me enjoy yeah well uh so you know you've had numerous accomplishments over the last year <laughs> so i just want to you know let everybody know none of them was bigger than the the uh, time uh, this past year when you became the 2019 national soap eating champion so why don't you tell us a little bit about how that happened? <laughs> well, um, I'm glad you asked that, Mike. Um, well, you know, uh, I, I think I'd rather approach the story this way. <laughs> I like um, to ask the hard questions. Uh, yeah, so. really, really. I'm like so, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So here's what you don't do, kids. You don't drink soap, specifically Dawn. I don't know about other brands of soap. I haven't tried drinking those. But I did try drinking Dawn over the past uh, week, and uh, it didn't go well. 
Nah, yeah. no. I, I and you know what? So. We should we should just let that hang. Like I, I don't even want to tell the story. Yeah, you're like, I, I just, up Ralphie from I a feel, Christmas story. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like that's where it should lie right there. I would just let that <laughs> lie right there. No, no further explanation because no. we know none needed. So you're but, saying on to the news? Well, no. Before we go to the news, we gotta let the people know if you want to talk to us about anything we talk about in this entire show, or if you just want to talk to us. Or anything. You can hit us up on our social medias. We're on Facebook, HorrorZone607. We're on Twitter, at HorrorZone607. For all of our social medias, use that uh, hashtag HZ607. And, uh, of course, you can visit us on 8122productions.com. Mike's got a brand new review up there of Dr. Sleep. I know we'll talk a little bit about that later, but still, uh, it's it's up on the website, so you can go visit there now as, as long as you also can see our sponsors and friends of the show and all sorts of crazy stuff. And, of course, uh, we have a Patreon up now. So if you would like to try to help buy you know make some of our expenses on this podcast slightly cheaper and and get some amazing bonus content uh you can hit it you can go to patreon.com slash 8122 productions and of course uh that means that they get uh this show a day early because obviously we record this tuesday night so you'll get it tuesday nights after we record instead of having to wait till wednesday morning you also get the three fat nerds podcast uh the day before they come out as well and those ones you get unrated uncut and uncooked uh because they're completely raw and uh, you get to hear diesel say ken m on the wrestling show this past week on the three fat nerds podcast network said that uh it is the worth the price of admission just to hear diesel's rants yeah also you get the special uh, show that's coming up soon we'll be recording soon for the first one it's love is scary with spooky mike and dr Derek. Of course, Dr. Derek now has a girlfriend, so, you know... It's, it's going to be an interesting it's show. Like, it's, like I said, it's like Love Line. I'm going to ask but him a lot all the tough questions, more, too. It's like Love Line, but a lot more kink. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. And but, we're not talking about the band. It's just like I said, it's two. there's two levels. $1 and $3 are super cheap, so if you want to help support us, uh, you know that, that'd be awesome. If not, you still get the show for free, but if you do want to support us, go to patreon.com slash 8122productions. Now, Mike, now we can go to the news. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. I got to get the plugs out of the way early. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. You know, get them while they're listening. Exactly. You know, nobody wants to listen to us. As the, yeah, I don't know. I, well, we're we're they, a bunch of losers. I think, I think plenty of people listen to us. Oh. Hi, hi people. I'm sorry. Hi. Could you repeat yourself? I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're just not listening to me. I don't want to listen maybe, to Maybe, maybe. All right. So the biggest news this week, uh, we're going to start it off with some Scream news. So Spyglass Media Group is making a brand new Scream movie. Uh, there's no word yet if it's going to be in canon with the original series or if it's going to be a remake. But uh, we know the Ghostface is coming back. Uh, question is, is why, why or how didn't the last incarnation, which was Scream Resurrection, that horrible TV show, how did that not kill this franchise? That's what I was wondering when I heard this. Now, Granted, this is going to be a major motion picture, not a terrible uh, TV series. Here's my concern with this. You know, at this point, they made the they made the TV series, which the first two seasons were actually pretty good. They they were corny. They were made for MTV, but all things considered, they were pretty good, especially season two. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with that rubbish. Yes. So here's my concern. Wes Craven's gone. Kevin Williamson has got nothing to do with this. He's not writing this. So... If it's going to be something where they're going to get all the original people back and they're going to make something that's in canon with it, it's going to have it's going to be some sort of a sequel to it. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to give it a chance. If they're going to remake it again, they might, you know, what, what it's going to end up being just like the TV series. Maybe a little bit better than than season 3, Resurrection, but you know, really is this necessary at this point? 
Well, I mean, everything is getting uh, rebooted, remade, and uh, added on to after Halloween hit huge at the box office. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, there's a long list of them. Uh, some of them are going to be better than others, obviously. And I don't know. It's going to be a slow build. Let's see how well, how well this one works because... Like I said, until we know exactly what they're doing with this, it's hard to comment on it. But, I mean, I would have thought that the, the horrible reception that that show got would have, like, killed any franchise. Yeah, and that's why I kind of have to wonder if it's going to be something that's in canon with the original. Kind of like like what, what Chris Rock is doing with the new Saw movie that's going to be coming out. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. You know, I, here's what I'm hoping that is going to happen here. Um what I think would be interesting is if they are going down a reboot, um, since it's already such a meta thing anyway, acknowledging the originals in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not talking about like that ridiculous, oh, they were movies in this world or something like that. But you know what I mean? Almost like you could probably st- – I'm kind of interested to see what they do because they have an opportunity to do something I think that's very self-aware, like the originals, but in a different way while still sort of keeping in what happened in the original in some sort of way. So you're almost talking like kind of like let's do like some weird thing where like oh it, it, something like this happened in another town and there's like this legacy from this other town so Woodsboro exists but it's not in Woodsboro yeah something I mean something like that you know what I mean like I mean Scream you can kind of go down a rabbit hole with in ways that you couldn't cert- with certain other slashers you know so I mean why not do it and I agree it I should agree. not be the type of thing oh these were movies this yeah. isn't you know yeah, yeah. I don't want to well, see that I was gonna say they've already done that although no. I, although I promise you if it is Ghostface in space I'm in. <laughs> ghost feats ghost face meets leprechaun in space yeah yeah Ooh. i feel like i feel like once you put things in space they, they get a lot better well warwick davis did say once his uh his son was old enough he was going to start doing more uh leprechaun movies again well, why not? so maybe can't just be, maybe can't, it can't be any worse than leprechaun returns yeah oh jeez. Yeah. thanks for reminding me of that yeah yeah you spent money on that yeah yeah, I sure that's, did. That's scarier than the movie was. And I get discounts on, on pay-per-views. <laughs> I, I wish that I had. That hadn't. is scarier than the movie was. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? You know what Space Odyssey was really good? Jason X. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of Jason X, I, I, I know we had some a bit planned, but I feel like he gave us the perfect segue because Kane Hodder will be at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey uh, in March, the weekend of March 13th, right? Yeah, 13th, March 14th, 14th he'll be... Uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th is, yep. is Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Monster Mania is going down 2020. And it was announced that for the first time ever on March 14th, Kane Hodder will be dressing up as Uber Jason from Jason X for photo ops. Yeah. So if you're in the Cherry Hill, New Jersey area, you're living in the Northeast, which is the biggest horror convention on the East Coast, uh, I suggest getting there. We're going to try to get there. I We're hope they have a White Castle that. there. Still. I would, I would, oh, they definitely do. Cherry Hill definitely does. But I mean, I know we kind of went out of order there, but he he left us in space. So you, you like me, enjoy Jason X, I'm assuming. Oh, I love Jason oh, X. Are you, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, tip to tail. That was I, the first time I was embarrassed to be your friend. <laughs> and it wasn't the last. No. I, you know, I mean, seriously, what doesn't, what, what doesn't Jason X have? It's got everything from a kill using, um, you know, freeze freezing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of uh, the best kills in the franchise. That's it. That's it. To, I mean, David Cronenberg's in this guy. Yeah. I mean, what the yeah, hell? He is. You know what I mean? And I, I love David Cronenberg, even if he's just sitting there doing a favor for someone. Like, I didn't I'm even just know him. until a couple months ago that that was him. 
No, I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't. I didn't. I never caught that. I, I'm actually a fan of Jason X too, and and I was saying it's one of those movies that with time actually it's become this big cult classic. Like yes. they have giant watch parties, and hence why he's doing this because there's a big enough draw that people want to have a photo op with Uber Jason, and I do believe they're charging. Oh, I'm, I don't know what they're. They didn't list the charging, but I bet you it'll be like 150, 200 dollars to get a picture with him, and uh, there, there's probably going to be a line for it. And the reason why is because this movie is really catching a really big cult classic following. Well, I mean, it's also Kane Hodder. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, it, it he's going to draw no matter what. But when you're dressed up as Uber Jason for the first time, you're going to see a whole new element of people. Coming you know, out one thing it. I'll give it that one sticks out more than any of the other ones for obvious reasons. Well, it's the most so, uh, it's the most original. And the yeah. only thing, by the way, the only thing Jason X is missing is it wasn't Freddy's dead. Ah, uh, there it is. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the Freddy's dead mention of the podcast. Listen, uh, get it out of the way. You were early. here for the first one, I think. Uh, no, no, but uh, I did. I did do an extensive write up on. Freddy's Maybe dead. that's what it was. I thought you were on the show uh, when this started. So, so this is <laughs> it's been so, going on for you know, a long time. Yeah. So, so they're you know so 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 go back in the archives. You'll see my thoughts on Freddy. De- Freddy's dead. Yes. There you go. They're mostly positive. <laughs> yes. We, we should, we Unfortunately, should, we, we need to work on getting some of the archive over to the website because it'll be yeah. easier that way. Yeah, we can make that happen. We, we can, can make, make that, that happen. happen. We have we have the technology. Uh, <laughs> Here in 2019, we we have the technology. <laughs> Carry on with the, the news, though. What's up next? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, I started off the show talking about Stephen King and uh, Doctor Sleep. So I did get a chance to go see that this weekend. Uh, I'm going to talk about that more later in the show. But uh, very very disappointed to hear that the movie did not do well at all at the box office. Uh, this movie had a 45 to 55 million dollar budget. It only made $14 million here in the States. They were projecting it to make $30 million here in the States this weekend. So it made about half, less than half of what they projected. Uh, only made $34 million worldwide. I would say I would be upset about it, but lately things are underperforming hardcore. Like Terminator Dark Fate underperformed as well, but everybody yeah. I've talked to has very much enjoyed it and said it's like the real successor to T2. And a lot of people are kind of bummed that it didn't do better because it looks like they might not get the third movie, if you will, that they wanted out of the T2 line now, which really kind of sucks because, like I said, I've talked to like Ken M from the ODPH, Ron from Three Fat Nerds, and, and a few other friends outside and from other podcasts, and they've all put over Dark Fate like it was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and then you know you 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 gave you gave Doctor Sleep a seven out of ten. Yeah, because so, I mean I it mean, was good. I I personally did not care much for the storyline. So, source material-wise, it was disappointing. You're following up one of the most iconic, not just horror movies of all time, but movies of all time in The Shining. And that's the direction that Stephen King went with it, a vampire-like cult that feeds on your steam, as they call it, of, of <laughs> the people that uh, that have Shining ability. It's kind of a dumb plot, especially for that kind of a story. Um, yeah, I went with The Professor to see it. And pretty much his uh, his response to the, to this as we were driving home and talking about it was, you know what, you, you got Mike Flanagan, who's this amazing director, and he made a really, really good film out of a very, very mediocre story, novel. So he, he's, you know, I, I've never read the book, so I can't, you know, say that I can compare it, but, um, but that was his take on it. And, you know, it, it was good. It was a little boring. It was not The Shining. Everybody on God's green earth seems to be calling this thing a masterpiece, and I disagree wholeheartedly that it's a masterpiece. But it was okay. It was good. Seven out of ten is a really good score for a horror movie. I I understand your feeling, because it's like in the wrestling world, me and Ken were talking about, everybody's talking about how Cody versus Chris Jericho was a masterpiece, and it was uh, a bore fest. So, I mean, there's my obligatory. I actually nodded off during during Dr. Sleep at one point. It was just a lot of talk, and you know, it was kind of slow, but... 
Um, it had a great ending. They were sucking your energy out. They were. Can you, they can sucked you, my you, steam right out. They fed on my steam. Can you tell us again that you fell asleep during Doctor Sleep? Yeah. Yes, I did. So, so the movie worked. Yeah, it did. There you go. I don't know. You know, my my personal opinion of this movie, and again, we're going to talk more about Stephen King, you know, and his work uh, in the second segment here today. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, to me, I get there's this whole big thing. His book is not the same as is the Kubrick film. I get that, but it's still an iconic story, and this is the direction you decided to go. Now I get, you know, it's, it's more a sequel kind of in a way because it's character. you know, there's a similar character. Some of the characters are in it. A lot of the characters are in it, but it's a different story. It's kind of like the devil's rejects compared to house of a thousand corpses. You know, it's a different story with the same characters, but you know, I don't know. I, they, at one point they were going to make a sequel to the shining and they were going to call it overlook hotel. That's, I think, more the story I would have liked to have seen because by the time they get back to the hotel in this movie, things really take off, but it's two hours into the movie by that point. You know, I, I haven't seen the movie yet. I have read the book. and um, Which I guess there's a lot of liberties that he took that are different than the book, so I don't mean to interrupt he, you, but he, he did. I, don't know, I don't know what the differences were. But. And, and, I, and obviously I can't comment on that myself at this point. I am going to go see it here soon. Um, but, uh, you know, it it isn't The Shining. But I think I, for me, I mean, I at least can comment on the story. I, I, I can tell you, I like that he didn't give us The Shining 2. Um, I, personally, I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't um, about the Overlook Hotel, even though there is elements of the Overlook Hotel. You know what I mean? Because to me, I've already spent time in the Overlook Hotel. What else you got in that world? You know what I mean? And if his answer is vampires, I'm kind of like, all right. Um, I, I really dug the character Rose the Hat. She was great in the movie, too. And, and I'm excited to see this because I think she's one of his strongest villains, uh, at least from what I've read. Oh, no, she was just I heinous. Mean, I mean, so she's, she, she's she something else. She's something else. Um, but beyond, like, the criticism on this, I actually want to – I would love your guys' opinion on this. Um, the, the fact that it's not doing very well, how important is it for this movie to do well? Uh, in horror right now I mean what's going to be bad about this and there was an article I believe on Bloody Disgusting this week the problem with this is you got this you got Terminator Dark Fate you got these movies that are coming back that are sequels you know there's this nostalgic feel and it's going to ruin that we're going to start getting remakes again I agree that's uh, what the problem is going to be, and I don't want to see more remakes. I want to see original material. I'm not as down so on I'm remakes as you. About this. I'm not as down on remakes as you are, but I find this to be a problem. Yes, uh, here's the thing. I feel like two two things are happening. First of all, I feel like nostalgia. You're not going to be able to get over on nostalgia anymore. Uh, I feel like, unfortunately, for you know what worked for one franchise, retconning will not work for everybody. And I feel like what happened in this weird world that we live in is that instead of remakes, everybody went to the retcon because of Halloween. Halloween 2018 performed amazingly well and it was a retcon job. They got rid of a whole bunch and of And is things. this going to affect Halloween Kills? N- no. I Probably don't, not because no, it no. was huge. Here's, people are looking forward to it and it's going to be coming that's out in a whole October. Other, but... It's a whole other franchise though. You're talking about a franchise that people are excited about. True. The Shining, to, 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 to Luke's point, The Shining is... As much as a great movie as it is, it's a it's, I, I love that movie. It's a, it's a it's a masterpiece. That movie is one of the movies as close as perfect as you can get. Kubrick killed it. And the, f- the problem is, is because he did that, you don't need a sequel to it. Like he doesn't. You don't really have anything left there. There's nothing. There's nothing that makes me invested to go back to the Overlook Hotel and to re revisit Kubrick's classic because it was perfect the way it was. Now, if you have elements in it in Doctor Sleep, that's fine. But the fact to take it to a different story and explore something else is the way to go. Unfortunately 
unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that just want to keep rehashing the same things over and over again, and they spend money. It also could be that this time of year, people don't have the money because think about it. Everything is kind of underwhelming and performing. We'll know in two weeks when Frozen 2 comes out where that's at. And I mean, that I'm being serious. Well, no, it's going to make a probably a billion dollars opening week. And the reason why, though, is you're going to take your families to it. Right now, we're in this realm of all these hard PG-13 to R movies. That's not something you can take the family to. I mean, and you also that's got the Halloween also, hangover going on, yeah, too, right now. But that, That's something that this the timing of this. I think if it came out a stupid. month earlier, it would have been better. Stupid. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I think that pisses me off the most about this. November eighth. As soon as that, as soon as Halloween's over, it's people check out. It's Christmas time. I'm bored. You know what I mean? Like whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, that's that's how how things kind of go. Why would you drop Doctor Sleep on November eighth, a week after Halloween? I think there's only two, and I mean, it, this is because you can prove me wrong because you can go and find where things have worked here. I think November and December are the only two months of the year where I would say horror doesn't work so well. And once again, there might be the rare exception, obviously, yeah. to that rule. However, I think those are the only two months because, like, as you pointed out, we're in holiday mode, which is a lot more family time, more fa- you know, and really, really, it's also December is usually a blockbuster time. I.e., this year we have Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, uh, which is now because December has pretty much become Star Wars time. Every two years, Star Wars will launch in December and it will make a killing in the box office. So you might as well not even put your movie out in December. But uh, to that to that note, I think the rest of the year is pretty much open for uh, horror movies now. And we've had this discussion before because there's been some big returns even in this past year throughout the year, i.e. in January, we had a movie Escape Room that nobody knew anything about and it killed in the box office. And it was a fun movie. And, and then later on, you know, over the summer, we got Ready or Not, which did very well in the box office and we also loved that movie. Oh, that was fantastic. So, I mean, there's there's different times that are, you know, proving that horror goes out, but I still believe, like you, you said, know, here's- November and December, I really think think because it's family time and i think the other problem is putting out anything that's above pg-13 in that time frame as well because people right. are all about their families you're coming into well, traveling to see people and then you have to have money for thanksgiving here's Christmas. my thought on this two you know was it uh two movies in in three years the it movies they came out in september it's that pre-halloween people are ready for fall they're ready for horror movies it's that pre-october time frame i think that this would have done better if they just shelved it for another year and put it out next next september maybe it would have been better timing. It would have been the Stephen King time of year. I also think something it, about that to me. Maybe it would have done a little bit better. At the same time, maybe a lot of people didn't realize that it was a sequel to you know hardcore horror fans did right. But the younger generation may not even know what The Shining is. Well, think about no. That's another thing. You called it Doctor Sleep, and the only and the only inkling on the uh, entire poster was red rum. And if you're not familiar with The Shining, you're not going to understand that that was the only nod to it. So it was right. bad advertising. Nor do people Let's understand those. That I don't know what it is a trauma bone or whatever that was that plays that that iconic mm-hmm. uh score yeah you know that was in very heavily in the uh the trailer for right. it right but it was very but it, it was did people know that here's a good one it, and I, there's a poster in our office of course it's the solo movie the star wars story solo the reason I, as a star wars fan i love solo i thought it was amazing because they made that movie for star wars fans but all the thing all the advertisements coming into it and the movie itself was made for star wars fans it wasn't made for casual people fans and that's why it didn't do well in the box office because even though it did make a few hundred million dollars so i guess that's a failure you know but still <laughs> you know it's 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 didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do because they ad- didn't advertise it to casual people they advertised it to just the fans oh you should know that this line that we put in the trailer is like classic Han Solo or classic Lando and if you didn't know the story you wouldn't know and that's I think the problem with Dr. Sleep people didn't know that it was technically a sequel to The Shining 
until either it was too late or either still don't know because I, like I said, because I'm a hardcore fan, I knew, but outside right. of that, I don't think anybody else did. Well, you know, we're going to definitely talk more Stephen King coming up here. Uh, we've got a few more stories we want to yeah. we want to kind of let you guys know about here. So we'll we'll, we'll kind of work our way back to this. Um, so the next thing up on the in the uh, news here, changing changing very little actually, going from one ghost story to another one. Uh, Bill Murray has now been one hundred percent confirmed that he will be in Ghostbusters twenty twenty. Absolutely, it was awesome. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was on a uh, talk show in the UK, and he announced on there, uh, he kind of let it slip, because it was kind of like he was talking about how this movie is, because we reported on Three Fighters, he's kind of saying that uh, he, because I don't have the article up, sorry, uh, he, he was basically saying that you know this is kind of more adult it's kind of more you know it's a passing the torch it's a memory that's where the the the, the belief that this movie is going to be called ghostbusters afterlife because he was kind of saying it's like the next level it's like remembering the dead you know there's very strong there and he was like well all i can tell you is that myself bill murray and a couple of the other original cast members are already done shooting yeah. and Ernie everybody Hudson, was like Pots. and everybody was like wait wait a minute you said bill murray and he's like yeah he's in the movie <laughs> and it was just kind of because they were very tongue like mind you they kept it secret the whole time he was shooting and then he's just like yeah he's in the movie like he said like matter of fact and everybody's like oh so he is in the movie yeah. which I expected completely so it's not really but I'm I'm super pumped and if the name is Ghostbusters Afterlife I'm with that too because I I think I that's like a better that's a good, name than Ghostbusters 2020 well yeah that's just a working title but I think if it's Afterlife it does give a good nod especially to Harold Ramis who's no longer with us who he yeah, said they said they pay really still, nice tribute to him there's, there. there's still tribute so that, that works so let's see and he's also saying it's a passing the torch so maybe it's going to make this series go in a different direction and as we know Paul, Paul Rudd's in it so it's yeah. like Finn Wolfhard so It'll be good. Could be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror is coming back for a season two on AMC. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I didn't watch it until it was on Shudder, though. Uh, which, of course, is owned by AMC. But, yeah, I, I, I checked out all the episodes. I thought they did very well. And he had really cool personalities on. So Yeah, and there's going to be six more episodes coming up. Um, there's five of them that they announced uh, with the, you know, what the, the theme is going to be. Um, those are going to include magic-wielding witches. Misshapen Monsters, Infamously Evil Youngsters, Hell Houses, and Body Horror. That's pretty cool. That's the difference. Because, I mean, they tackle most of the main... Well, I, I, I don't want to downplay the, what they're talking about. But they tackle most of the major, you know, ones in the first yeah. one. Because the themes of the first one were like zombies and vampires and slashers. And so they covered most of those and psychos and stuff. So they covered that. So it's nice that they're doing something different. Body Horror is a very interesting... Uh you know, uh, subgenre to tackle, you know? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I, I think you can get people who don't like, aren't really hardcore fans watching something about vampires. Body horror, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, when you're going to, when you're going to showcase the human centipede, it could be hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it depends on where you fall on the human centipede, uh, uh watch list. Yeah. As, as long as yeah. you're not in the middle, you don't want to be in the middle. That's where you don't want to be. I, I feel like you have to be on the end. <laughs> Which end? Which end? I'll let you decide. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and that was the last show we ever did. <laughs> I've said way worse on other shows. That's so true. I think we're fine. That's true. All right, and uh, the last uh, couple things we're going to talk about here: upcoming movies. We got some upcoming movies coming out. Uh, we finally got a release date for the new Paranormal Activity movie that's going to be coming. Uh, that's been given a March nineteenth, twenty twenty one release date. Did we need another? I right, we we need like fifteen more of these. Yeah. Every I'm surprised October, we don't have more. We should have. We could. We could make one right now. Every October, turn, there off, needs turn to be, off the lights. Yeah, get a camera. We could do that October, right now. Every October, there needs to be a paranormal activity movie and a Saw movie. Period. Every forever. We're going back to those those old horror tropes. Damn it. Yep, we sure are. 
And then uh, there was a couple of movie trailers. Yes. yes. So uh, speaking of old. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing, uh, you know, there was there was an old uh, TV show from my was it the seventies or the eighties? Uh, had Ricardo Montalban in it. It had a, a little a little gentleman by the name of Tattoo in it. Uh, it was known as Fantasy Island. Wait, wait, Fantasy Island? I love Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island's the best. Yeah, not that Fantasy Island. Wait a minute. You said Fantasy Island. There's a new one coming out, and it's going to be made into a movie that's going to be strictly horror. And the first trailer dropped this week, and uh, it was an interesting trailer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what really to say about it. Uh, uh, it. It's basically what we thought when we originally talked about the story when they, they said they were making the movie, which yeah. was like six months ago. Uh, it looks uh, like something that something, uh, teeny boppers are going to enjoy. It's not something that I necessarily think that I'm super excited for, but I will give it a chance. I, it does, like I said, it basically looks like they're taking everybody's fantasies and making them dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was weird. Of course, it's being put out by Blumhouse, and I, I love how in the beginning of the trailer, it says from the producers of Get Out in Halloween. I'm like, oh, so they're reminding you exactly what good movies they did. <laughs> right. So that way so that way you'll come in to see this movie. So that's always a bad sign. And of course, you notice that it didn't put from the producers of Black Black Christmas, because uh, that's that's gonna <laughs> that's do right. that's gonna do amazingly well, guys. In yeah. December, yeah, that looks like it's great. That's what I needed is another Skulls movie. I'm, so, I'm in. Yeah, of course you would be. <laughs> of course you would be. If anybody at this table well, is going to be, it's going to be you. There's even bigger news. I might have to go to that movie with you just so it'd be entertaining. Let's do it. Let's you do guys, <laughs> I think that we should have a triple date. I will bring my girlfriend. You bring your girlfriend, Luke. You bring your wife, Rich. This movie comes out Valentine's Day weekend. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff, man. What else do you want to do on Valentine's Day? But Go see Fantasy to, Island? I wish Tattoo was in the movie, though. That's the only part I'm missing. Yeah. Although it was weird that they had the the one the one character, the one black lady that looks, who looks like she's taking the tattoo role pretty much because she looks like the assistant. Well, I could be wrong. You know but what? But she gets the little nosebleed, like, get out. So does if this they're bringing James Dean back in a movie digitally, why can't we bring what's just, her villain? I can't say his name, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. But I just want to point out, if she has that little nosebleed, is there a tie-in to get out? Because that's Maybe. the first thing I saw when I saw it. I was like, oh, man, they're doing the get out gimmick. Could be. It's crazy. You know what I love about this? This isn't the first time we're going to be talking about tattoo during this show. No. Yeah, I know. I'm just, yes. I'm just, that's, that's, uh, that's some foreshadowing. foreshadowing. I almost mentioned little, it, and little, I, I bit my tongue because I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling little, that I'd be stepping on your toes a little bit. little teaser, if you that's will. That's a teaser, all right. <laughs> there was one last trailer they hit this week, and I think this looks awesome. Uh, as, uh, as horror fans know, um, you know, we've been trying to get all these Universal Monster movies off the ground for what seems like forever and they just seem to be one failure after another well there's a pretty cool looking one coming out uh the invisible man is coming out and uh, this one looks pretty darn cool i want to point out if they would have launched this with this movie instead of the mummy uh i think we we might be a couple movies into the dark universe yeah uh just from the trailer alone i like how they modernized it i was saying uh when we were talking before the show i like how it there is and mind you it is completely different but i like how there's some feels to the original invisible man because the original invisible man story there was that like love story and jealousy and and stalking element to it believe it or not the original invisible man was one of the first like really scary movies uh especially for the universal monsters time and this movie gives me that feeling because that's what's going on here to an extent this is a although they've made it updated so it's about domestic violence and then this guy is uh faking his own death and then he's invisible 
And it kind of has that thing. He's stalking and driving this girl mad. And that's really good. That takes you back to the original film in a lot of ways. So I think it's cool that they've updated it, but actually still kept it about the source material. Right. And I really am digging this. I can't wait to see it. This is also a Blumhouse movie. It's directed by Lee Wanell, who wrote the original Saw Mm -hmm. and uh, has been involved in the Insidious movies. He plays Specs in the Insidious movies. He's great. Um, so Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss is going to be in it. Uh, it's also the Invisible Man is actually going to be Oliver Jackson Cohen, who was uh, Luke in uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually going to be the Invisible Man. So you know. well, I mean, he's only going to be in it for like a fraction of the movie. Sure, he's going to be invisible. Yeah, because the rest of it, he's going to be invisible. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this. They actually had him on set for the entire time. You just can't see him because they figured they're going to pay him that much money. You might as well put him. I'm making this up. I've got nothing. <laughs> well. Well, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, when you get the making of the movie, if he wasn't on set to do the cues because then they just digitally put him out. And the reason why is because you know how hard it's got to be to act like there's somebody in front of you and there's nobody in front of you. Ask so, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He has a particular set of skills. Yeah. And he yeah. will use those. Yeah, and he act, will use them. And he act, will find and, you and he will use and, them. And acting for George Lucas is not among them. <laughs> oh, hi No, he did fine. Yes. Well, I mean, at least we get the, at least we get you and McGregor back in uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series that will be going to Disney Plus soon. Yeah. So, speaking of Disney Plus, I just wanted to end the news segment because I knew we were coming to the end here, and uh, I, I don't want to. And I know we went long on this news segment, but this is kind of fun. See, Disney Plus is the biggest thing; it's the biggest talk. Disney Plus is also for horror fans, people. There is some horror movies on Disney Plus, or at least what they're calling spooky movies. I got some, and I know Mike cannot wait to see some of these. They have the whole Halloween Town series on here. Halloween Town, Halloween to Town, uh, Halloween Town Two, Calber's Revenge, uh, The Return to Halloween Town, Halloween Town High. They're all here, buddy. They're all here. <laughs> they, they also have got the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Hey, that's a classic. It is a classic. They have the Black Cauldron. They have the Black Hole. By the way, Black Hole is classic. By Black the way. Cauldron's a classic too. Is, both of them are. Don't look under the bed. Uh, escape to Witch Mountain. Uh, by the way, I didn't realize that Frankie Frank and Weenie was a remake. Yeah. Because the 2012 version, there was a 1984 version. I didn't know uh-huh. that. He, it, it was a short film that he did. Oh, okay. Gargoyles, the TV show is up there, which we're very excited about. I, at least I am. Uh, Hocus Pocus is up there. Uh, also, and this one, I, my wife was kind of weirded out that this was on the list. And this is the most nightmare-fueled one of them all that is on Disney+. Plus. Return to Oz. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know you're yeah. a big fan. Oh, I, oh, I love that. That movie scared the dickens out of Man. me as a child. I just remember. You know what? There's so many movies that I can point to that traumatized me as a kid. That's the one movie I can say that traumatized my whole family as a kid. Like, <laughs> the witch with the heads? <laughs> just sit, with the different I, heads? I just, I just remember like sitting me. down. It was going to be on the Disney Channel. My family made popcorn. We're sitting down. We're going to watch Return to Oz, the sequel to Wizard of Oz. And we got like wheelies and headless women. And everyone turned to stone. And, and the, there's a random pumpkin dude. It's really <laughs> creepy. And they make... They make the they make the uh, scarecrow guy look like he's just terrifying. It's nightmare fuel. If look at the, yeah. how these people look, even even Dorothy looks like she's evil. I want to just well, shake the hand of the person. Balk. I want to shake the hand of the person who said, "You know what we should do to Dorothy in this one? Put her through electroshock therapy, <laughs> and then have her proceed to talk to a chicken for the rest of the film." Like sure. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so I think great, it makes perfect sense. It's my perfect. wife my wife when I said return to Oz, she was like, Why could be so bad about that? Because she's never seen it. And I just mm. showed her a picture. She goes, Okay, that is nightmare feel. I said, Yeah, <laughs> now you know. You should double feature uh Return to Oz and the the craft. That's yes. what you should do. That's the Feruza Balk Friday. The Feruza Balk collection. There we go. It just goes down to the return of Oz and uh and then the craft. And then of course you gotta end it with Waterboy. <laughs> 
Once again, thank you for listening to Horizon 607. This is the last time we will ever be on the air. I doubt that highly. I think everybody enjoys no, it. No, we'll be back. And this is going to probably be one of the funnest episodes ever. I know oh, yeah, I'm already great. having a ton of fun. And yeah, we do it long on news, but I feel like it's one of the funner news we've ever had. Yeah. So we are finally going to take our first break. And uh, when we come back... I, I will take my pants off in between segments Might here, as so. well. You might as well. We're gonna. It's a pants off, dance off. It is. In the studio. You guys can't see it. Boogaloo. Only we can, yes. And uh, when we come back, I do believe we're going to talk about some Stephen King stuff, right? Absolutely. All right, so we'll be right back on Horror Zone 607. Hey, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you listen to Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to The Zone. So before the break, we did mention that uh, we were going to be talking some Stephen King, more than we already have. So, uh, you know, we did talk a lot about Dr. Sleep and The Shining and our thoughts on that and everything. But, uh, you know, I kind of got thinking over the past weekend, um, you know, after seeing the movie, there are so many Stephen King novels that have been made into movies that have been adapted for for film. So, uh, you know, I kind of was looking around. I came across a list of all of the different ones that have been adapted, and I figured we could just have a conversation. We'll just kind of go through them starting in 1976 right up to now. Just kind of get your guys' thoughts on it, you know, and kind of, you know, sure, just pick your brains not? on it. So, well, it seems to be before we start, it seems to be the the passe thing here. Uh, the bad part about Doctor Sleep kind of bombing in the box office is, is after it hit it big, it seemed like everybody was rushing to either remake or or make for the first time a bunch of Stephen King right. books. And uh, I hope that continues because some of it's been really good. Uh, just because one thing doesn't work out as well as you would like doesn't mean no reason to abandon. But you know how Hollywood works. Yeah, which is going to be too bad because you know he has been on a roll with all the different adaptations of things it, it stephen king is hot the movie it still made a good amount of money and it was a good movie well he can always write a sh- uh, an episode of creep show too because uh well true serious season two sorry and you know incidentally this i, I came across something today that apparently they were going to make a dick halloran movie called halloran and now i don't know if that's going to happen but uh, we'll see i don't know that i even want to see that but it could have been interesting all right, so what did you have in 1976? 1976 was the very first uh, Stephen King uh, novel that was adapted into a movie, and that would be Carrie. Uh, no surprise there. Good movie. I mean, throughout history, I mean, bad remakes or sequels and then remakes because we all remember oh, Carrie yeah. 2. Carrie, <laughs> yeah, the Rage, the Carrie 2. Well, that was an interesting they, one. They tried to separate it by calling it The Rage because uh, they didn't want to say Carrie too, but it was un- it was in the subtitle. Yeah, that was just a wonderful yeah. piece of uh, cinema right and there. The, and the only good part about the, the the remake was the poster, which I do have a uh, the poster. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that was the only good part. Outside yeah, my of friend that, Jake is a big fan of that movie, and I never understood why. I don't know. I, I, the original the, the original's the way to go in that one for yeah. sure. Yeah. But uh, Carrie's a classic uh, movie. The book is good. The, Not the, a the, scary the movie, good. in my opinion, no. but a good movie. Great movie. It's one I watch every time it's on. Good teenage revenge movie with some uh, psychic powers mixed in. Sure. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, and then, of course, later on, Carrie would take on Jason in part seven of Friday the 13th. Good stuff. (laughs) Yes. Good stuff. Yes. You know what I love about being a horror fan? That's like the kind of nonsense we drop on people. Like, we we bring them over to our house. We sit down and say, hey, we're watching uh, Friday the 13th part seven. Then we say, you know something? (laughs) You know? Fingers in the air. Like, we're going to let you in on a secret. This is basically... uh, 
for, uh, Jason versus Carrie White. I almost said Freddie. So just so about a month ago, I'm we actually a, did that with your girlfriend when we watched. That's Friday what I'm saying. Part seven. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> it's like it's like not even like the you first did? time. Whose name is Carrie, by the way? Yeah. Um, that's not even the first time that I uh, I, I I've even like you know. But you did kind of stand up. You put your hands on your hips and you put your finger up in the air and you were like, you know. <laughs> You know, this is not the first time I've ever said this. Either. No, it's, it's a <laughs> well-practiced, still, yeah. well-practiced line. So a lot of these movies in the 80s and 90s, of course, next up on the list, the next one to be made was uh, 1980s, The Shining, which we've talked a lot about on the show. Of course, show. he hated that. Well, uh, Stephen King hated that adaptation. Uh, so for me, I thought it was damn near the most perfect movie. It's, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, he's out of his mind. It's a masterpiece. Kubrick did an amazing job. Have you guys heard about his thoughts on that now that Dr. Sleep's out, by the way? He's kind of changed. He's warmed it. up to it a little bit. He still doesn't understand why horror fans like it as much. But well, he said that um, Flanagan's um, take on Doctor Sleep has made him reassess The Shining. Really? And and he actually appreciates it now. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. You right, look yeah, up yeah. his actual quote, but but he. Um, like he is really warm to it because of Doctor Sleep. Well, anyway, that's good. I think that's I, interesting. Well, I'm saying I'm glad because it was like a blood feud for years where he like yeah. refused <laughs> to even talk about it because he thought it was the worst thing ever. When it was, in fact, was one of the best. I, I think it was the best adaptation of any of his movies. I'm just going to go on yeah. and say it. I mean, we're going to go over all of them here, but yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think I it was just mad because better Kubrick than it. Kicked, I think better it was mad because Cooper kicked him off set day one, and that's really what happened. He kicked yeah. him off set. Well, that I mean. It, you know, there's there's some major changes that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I I understand, but once again, Kubrick was like he, he came and said one thing to him. Kubrick's like, yeah, get the fuck off my set, <laughs> like which is not unusual for Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, he was no. a temperamental guy. He, he, he I also actually watched The Shining on Sunday night, and I watched the behind the so scenes good. making of it. And or, <laughs> he was horrible to Shelley Duvall. I was going to say absolutely he horrible. Tortured her. Yeah. On purpose, because he wanted that performance, so he tortured her. Yeah. And then later interviews, before he died, he was like, they were like, do you feel bad? He was like, no, because that's the performance I wanted. She can hate me all she wants. Uh, it was an amazing performance, and that's the only way I was going to get it. Yeah. He was. He told people to not talk to her. He told the crew just to give her the silent treatment so nobody would talk to her. And she it's, talks it's about this. She said oh, that yeah. she really respected him for what she what he did. He, she didn't like it at the time. but yeah. uh, Next up, 1982, Creepshow. Uh, great. I love Wonderful. Creepshow. And I love Creepshow too, by the way, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. But yeah, I, I love Creepshow. Uh, really cool anthology. I love the series on Shudder. It was really good as well and put together. Glad it's getting a season two. Yeah, me it's, too. It's always been a guilty pleasure in mine, Creepshow. But believe it or not, those short stories in the original Creepshow especially were very well put together, very good. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad that we did, got the swap, if you will. Because originally, they didn't know if they were going to have enough money to film what ended up being the last segment of the original Creepshow movie. Of course, the old man and the, and the cockroaches. So originally, the last segment of the second movie was originally it was going to fill in for that because they didn't think they had the budget. And mm. of course, we got it backwards. Which is fine because I really like the, the thanks for the lot ride lady as being the best way to end the, <laughs> the, that movie. So it was good. 1983, we got three of them. Cujo? which is Luke's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> the Dead Zone, starring Christopher Walken, directed by David Cronenberg. And Christine, which is kind of one of my guilty pleasures. John Carpenter directed it. I, I got to say, out of, the out of the three, like out, of a Carpenter out, movie. Eight, out of the three, I, I'm a fan of Dead Zone. Uh, it was it was a very good adaptation. Of course, Walken's amazing. The other two, I've, I've, I'm sorry, I've never been a big fan of Cujo. I mean, I understand his place. I've never Cujo's been a big an uncomfortable fan. Uh, watch. It's, it's very claustrophobic. And other than the performances in Christine, I'm sorry, I just didn't, I didn't like it. But the performances were really good. I mean, See, I, to, I really felt like he was going it, insane, which was great. But I mean, yeah, but it was in the heyday of John Carpenter's movies, yeah. and it had all the feels of a John Carpenter movie. That's, I think, what I really respect about that movie. Yeah, I don't really I, fall on these. <laughs> you know, I, uh, um. I love Dead Zone. Dead Zone's uh, actually one of my favorite 
King books and and the adaptation of it it was just wonderful I think Cronenberg's uh, amazing I I don't um, I'm actually more with Mike on Christine I I I like Christine a lot um, it, I mean it's not like top five Carpenter but it's like probably like seven eight for me you know what I mean like okay. I really I really enjoy that but Rich I'm with you about um, uh, Cujo. I I've never been a Cujo fan, no. and I and I try. I feel like it's me. But it's the performances. D. Wallace was fantastic in that, and I, Danny Pintaro. I, I, the like, kid looked like he was really having seizures. You know, it, I, it's not. It, it's not even. And how about I get the what dog? you're saying. What a great actor that dog was. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But, but you know, I don't know. I just for some reason I've just never been able to enjoy that movie. That I, I don't know. That's, that, I'm with. I, I just. I just. It, it wasn't that. I'm like I said. I get its place. I. I will never say to somebody you're stupid for liking that movie or anything like that. Because I think. I think that it's got its niche. But it's just like I'm one of those people that just doesn't. I don't get it. I just don't. I don't know. I guess. I guess I was. I guess I where I fall with it is is kind of like the dog version of Jaws, but Jaws is way better. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I. I. I mean. That's, that's got, pretty much where I'm at with it. I don't I, know. I respect it based on what you're saying, Mike, but that was I just don't like it. for walking impersonation. So uh, the one thing I'm going to leave you guys with the dead zone, I don't know if you ever saw the skit on Saturday Night Live years ago. It was from the early 90s that Christopher Walken hosted the show. I think it might have been the first time he did, which is really where he got his like legs of being a, more of a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. There was a skit on there that spoofed the dead zone. It was called Ed Glosser Trivial Psychic. If yes. you haven't seen it, <laughs> yes. go back and check it out. At first, <laughs> at first I thought you were going to talk about Colonel Ingus. No, <laughs> Colonel Angus. <laughs> so good. He's from Shady Thicket. Uh, I love it. He's, nobody, no, nobody goes down like Colonel Angus. <laughs> and continuing on, you know, he does go by his uh, God-given name of Enel. Yes. All right. Nineteen eighty-four. We, we first of all, we got Luke is losing his mind over here <laughs> because I just thought of like three dead zone jokes and I'm like, leave them all gone. Yeah, just don't, don't say to. any of them. Yeah. 1984, first one up, uh, movie starring our dear, dear friend, dear, dear friend of the show, uh, uh, Courtney Gaines, uh, would be uh, Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn, uh, I will say this, and I, 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 Children of the Corn is a legendary movie, but it, it has not aged well. Yeah. I went back and watched it, like especially right before we were at Sci-Fi Horror Fest this year. And I, once again, I still respect this place in horror movies because it was... It's, I like its, its atmosphere. But it's, it, the atmosphere is great, but it, it just doesn't age well. I think the, the time piece, like it's one of those the movies that takes a little you rough. Out of it, yeah. I don't know what... I can't remember the name of the uh, the male lead actor, but he was kind of rough. Yeah. I You know, um, I, I think there's... It's never been going to be another one of my favorites. Right. Yeah. You know, I, um, I there's things I like about it. Um, you know, Courtney Gaines is one of them. I mean, that that's an iconic character, iconic performance. Uh, Isaac, um, his name's escaping me. John, John Franklin, Franklin. John Franklin. Um, you know, I mean, that's also just an iconic performance. Um, you know, so like the two of them are really good in the movie. Um, what I find scary about that movie is not even in the movie. Like the stuff with like, they go into the diner and there's like the corn stalks all in the diner and you're wondering what the hell happened there. Yeah. A- and like the, the, kids paintings or drawings about like what actually happened like to me what's scary in there is just underlying what the actual movie is doesn't do very much no i agree with you yeah i agree with that yeah like i said i just don't my problem with it is i just don't think it aged well like it's weird like it's it, it's it's just one of those things that it, you know some movies age well some movies don't but once again it, underlying stuff there is really good and of course courtney Gaines has is like nightmare fuel yeah malachi is like nightmare yeah, he really is. I told we him a couple times. It's like, yeah, I was terrified of you. You ruined my childhood. He just kind of <laughs> laughed. Uh, so 1985, or excuse me, we got one more in 1984. That'd be Firestarter. 
it's one of the more forgotten ones. Yeah, to be honest, I was I, terrified um, of that as a kid. I don't know it, why. I not, saw some of it when I was a child. It's a good movie. It's just it's just one of those movies I think that gets lost in the shuffle of Stephen King adaptation movies. It's honestly, Drew Barrymore was a great actress as a child. Mostly because she was like eight years old and she was all drugged out, probably. But she was in an eight rehab by that time. Yeah, <laughs> she was a regular. She was fifty four. When she was in ET, she was as drunk as ET was in that scene. <laughs> she might have been playing ET for all we know. Allegedly, sorry, allegedly. I have to say allegedly. Nineteen eighty five. Anyway, nineteen eighty five. We got another Drew Barrymore star, uh, Cat's Eye. Yeah, actually, believe it or not, I, I do. I love Cat's Eye. Believe it or not, it's a fun movie. by the way, James Woods uh, in that movie yeah. as well. Uh, very good, very good role there in the Ooh, uh, the electric candy. in the electric room, if you will. If you haven't seen that movie, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. I, once again, it was a good anthology series. Uh, the the little sub chat with the the little troll. Yeah, the cat, the cat, the cat fucks that troll up. I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one that came out that year, it's uh, one that I see a lot in uh, October because it's on AMC uh, all the time. Is Silver Bullet. Yeah, you know, yeah. once again, another forgotten one. Yeah. Honestly, it's another one of the ones that I think gets overlooked a lot, but I do actually really enjoy Silver Bullet. And Corey Haim and, uh, um, you know, that's a pretty good cast there. Yeah. yeah, that one is that one is good. I only caught that for the first time a few years back. Gary and, Busey. You know, yeah, yeah, Gary Busey is in it. Yeah. it, it you know, it, it's I, I really, and, and Everett McGill. Yeah. Uh, I really, really dig Silver Bullet. Yeah. All right, so 1986. So this is where we get the creme de la creme. Oh, I know what it this is. This is the biggest one. It's the best movie ever made. Um, Let me guess. It's it, the only one he's ever directed. It's the too. only one he ever directed. It would be Maximum Overdrive, the greatest movie in in cinematic history. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here. Believe it or not, even as horrible as that movie is, I enjoy <laughs> Maximum Overdrive because it's so horrible. Uh, it's I don't so know. If, bad. I don't. He doesn't even know that he did it. And it's, I. Oh, go go ahead. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm being serious. I love that movie because it's so bad. And there's actually uh, there's a podcast that uh, Paul Shear hosts and Jason Manzukas on it. How did this get made? They did an episode, and Jason Manzukas had the greatest thing ever. Every time they talked about something with a plot, he goes, "The answer in this movie is cocaine." He was like, "Stephen King was a, was addicted to coke at the time, so anytime something anything weird happens in that movie, just remember cocaine." So later in the movie, they're arguing about something, and also Manzukas goes, "Cocaine." That that's why it works. That's why sometimes the electronics <laughs> attack and sometimes they don't. Cocaine. <laughs> I was like, it's great. Also in 1986, we got Stand by Me. Uh, Not amazing a horror movie, but Ter- amazing movie though. Terrifying. Amazing movie though. Uh, 1987, we got a couple of them. We got Creep Show Two, which I personally actually, I, I the, the raft terrified me. The raft. <laughs> of course. I'm afraid to go on a lake to this day because of the raft. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> Such a good one. Also, we got uh, probably another one that's not a horror movie, but it's another one of my uh, guilty pleasures every time it's on, and that'd be The Running Man. Good movie. I, I, by the way, I enjoy that because Jesse Ventura is such a bad actor in that yeah, one scene. <laughs> but, uh, but, Richard I, Dawson? From, yes, I, I love it. Richard Dawson's the game from show the host. From the Family Feud. But yeah. the best part, he's the game show host of yeah. a game show, and he was really a game show host. It worked yeah. out perfect. He was pretty, Arnold, pretty Arnold, evil in that. Believe it or not, it's one of my favorite Arnie movies, too. Yeah. I'm just yeah, throwing it too. out there. I love that movie. 1989, Pet Cemetery. Classic. I mean, it is the for first what one. it was. Acting is bad. I think the new movie had better acting. I still never better. saw that. I still never saw the new one better because atmosphere. I was told not to go see it. Yeah, better see atmosphere. It. Huh? See it. See it. Is it? Is what do you think of the new one? I um I actually prefer the new one. Yeah. Oh, okay. For the most, I didn't I, like yeah. the changes in the end. Uh, I see. I I did. Uh, and even though I kind of knew about them going in, I um. You know, it's 
here's the thing with Pet Cemetery. Um, I didn't grow up with Pet Cemetery. Uh, and I find a lot of people who like it, and I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of people who really like the original. It, it's sort of a, there's a lot of nostalgia in there, so I don't have any of that nostalgia. When I saw it, I like it, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I, I kind of wanted like a more serious take on it, and it's a little campy for me. I like the more serious version that they put out, and I think that's part of why I. Enjoy oh, it. right on! I, I'll they'll check it out now. Uh, once again, uh, it has Miko Hughes, the original, though. Yeah. So I mean. He's. Uh, we've been. T- we've been talking a lot about Miko Hughes. And it's also got Fred Gwynn, of course. Uh, all those. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Fred Gwynn movie, though? It had to be My Cousin Vinny. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. If you would have said anything else, I would have called you on it. That's <laughs> so good. All right, we're into the '90s now, Whew. and uh, probably. I don't know. I got to look down the rest of the list here as we get going with it, but the, probably the grimiest one <laughs> that was ever adapted it would be a Graveyard Shift. Just a nasty, <laughs> slimy, grimy movie. Uh, really bad. And I, I, I I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, this, I, Maximum Overdrive is better than this movie. And, uh, really, it is. And we were, we were at. Unfortunately, they were doing part of uh, when we were at Scaricon. Uh, we were watching AMC's uh, Fright Fest, and that, and it, Stephen King Marathon was on, and Graveyard Shift comes on. And at first, I'm like, what the hell is this? Because I hadn't seen it in so long. Then all of a sudden, it dawns on me. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and then we changed the channel, and that's when Freddy's Dead was on, and I sent you the picture. Yeah, you know, you know what's wonderful is I actually associate those two movies myself because I saw them like right, like right back to back, Graveyard Shift and Freddy's Dead the first time, and it was uh, college uh, dorm room about the the size of a closet, and I was alone for Graveyard Shift, and I'm just watching this, and I'm going, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I kind of like it. Really. But not for any reason that is good. <laughs> I can't defend. I cannot defend myself on this one. I'm like, you know, yeah, perfect. I think Wonderful. we found the birth of you liking horrible movies. Oh, yeah, that's which we'll, that talk was about, we'll talk about that later. Wonderful. But, yeah. Uh, also in 1990, we got the second one directed by Rob Reiner on the list. Uh, that'd be Misery. Misery's good. Yeah. I never found it to be a horror movie. Really? It, uh, yeah, it's I don't terrifying, think it's horror, man. I don't I mean, find it to be a horror movie. It's, it's a drama. Scary mm. as hell. Think about it. It is terrifying. Because that could actually happen. Like, like seriously. That, there's, there's nothing yeah. in that movie that cannot happen to you. That's why it's terrifying. And she is, like, so creepy about it, man. Like, yeah. like, like she just doing, wanted to take care of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. see this more as, a, like, a... Like a misunderstood romantic film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would like to point out, when you hobble somebody, it does not look good on screen. You know, the and professor that, actually, terrifying. when we were going to see uh, Dr. Sleep this weekend, the professor actually uh, kind of let me know something that I didn't realize. Uh, her character in the movie apparently lives right off the same street that goes up to the Overlook Hotel. So, kind of cool. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, We all know that his stories are all intertwined, but yes, she, lives, she lives near the Overlook. Well, that explains it all, then. <laughs> 1992, probably... One of my least favorite on this list would be Lawnmower Man. Uh, I mean, the only thing worse is Lawnmower Man too. Oh, that was just oh, jeez, Lawnmower Harder. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was like Job's Revenge or jo- something. Job's War, but remember, oh, War? remember, it was it was he wasn't retitled it, was Beyond he? Cyberspace in the original trailers. Oh, yeah, that's never, right, or something like that. It know? was weird, yeah. But anyways, yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Lawnmower Man either. I feel like they kind of tried to mix Drop Dead Fred and you know. Virtu, was it virtuality or virtuosity? Virtuosity, virtuosity yeah. yeah. It was in that time. You yeah. know, I have to admit, I actually have never seen the Lawnmower Man, but now that just leapt to the top of my list. You should see it as, as soon I, as you I said it like, makes Drop Dead Fred. You could have said it 
Meg dropped dead Fred and the Golden Girls. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, whatever. You know, I'm going to give you a spoiler. Perfect. There's a lawnmower. Damn it. And Thanks, a man. Mike. That, and a man. Oh, no, but here's the, here's, the, here's the worst part about it. It really has nothing to do with a lawnmower well, or a man. I mean, he does mow the lawn, but... And he's a man. And he's a man. But trust me, it's 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 really weird. It has nothing to do with this story. Do you guys know what the, the original story? No, I do it, not. It's, it's basically... I'll make it real quick. Basically, this guy comes over to cut this other guy's lawn, and he's like some mutated space alien guy and <laughs> like i mean and it's like he's just sort of like really weird and when the guy who owns the property starts pushing back against this messed up man trying to do his lawn it just doesn't end very well but you, you know what the weird part is the movie with job it's almost like the person the the guy whose family he's going after he's he's the villain of the movie honestly because it's him who kind of like pimps out Job as like this guinea pig. Because you know he what the movie he's, is. Because he's because he's special. You know what the movie it's is. It's virtual reality meets of mice and men. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it is. And the, the, the bad, worst part about it is he he's takes Lenny. Him, he's he, basically Lenny. Yeah. John, Lenny's Job revenge. Is, I would see John Steinbeck's Lawnmower Man two Job's War. I, w- I would I see that. Yeah. Job is Job is like Lenny, and that's why I said the, the 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 male lead in that movie is technically the villain because he takes advantage of poor Lenny. Yeah. I'm telling you. All right, we're on to something. All right, 1993, a movie I had no idea that the director was the director of, believe it or not. Uh, it's a movie I really like a lot would be The Dark Half. I had no idea that George Romero was the director of that movie. Good stuff. Great uh, minds think alike. Also in 93 was Needful Things, which I actually just saw for the first time. I remember the commercials, like the trailers for it and whatnot. It was, eh, wasn't was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought It's it intriguing. That's all I'm going to say, intriguing. 1994. We talked about this off air. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Not a horror movie whatsoever. I guess the the novella that it's uh, derived from had a little bit of supernatural stuff to it. But uh, uh, based on the... Uh, actually, I might be wrong. I might be confusing it with another one. But uh, based on the novella of Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption would be the Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, yes. In my opinion, one of the three greatest movies ever made. Yeah, it's a very amazing movie. It's great. Phenomenal. Yeah, great movie. Phenomenal movie. I don't know one person that has seen that movie that can't say good things about it. Tim Robbins is great. Morgan Freeman's great. The story is great. Yeah. Uh, I was just uh, saying, I, I saw something about this online the other day. And did this actually, I did look it up. It's true. The reason why his name wasn't attached to the movie, Stephen King's wasn't, is because they Stephen King had made the choice himself because he didn't want people who thought that this movie would be a horror movie not showing up to this movie. Because some people who don't like horror wouldn't have shown up if they saw his name because his name is just equated with horror. And because of which, it did an amazing... Uh, well, it bombed in the box office. Yeah, but one it, of the great it, box office it, bombs of all time. Once it, hit, it, once it hit video, it became this massive thing. And, of course, it got nominated for uh, many Oscars. I remember Oscars. the trailer for it before it came out. And I was like, oh, my God, that movie looks so good. I can't wait to see that movie. And I remember it being in and out of theaters in one weekend, being disappointed I didn't get to see it, having to wait for it to come out on video. And well, it and did come out the same back day as then, Pulp Fiction. It used Fiction. to take like eight, nine months before a movie came out on video. So think about it; it came out the same day as Pulp Fiction. Reservoir yeah. Dogs like killed, like killed it for uh, Quentin Tarantino. So Tarantino was one of the hottest things ever. Everybody well, was excited for Pulp Fiction because it had Sam Jackson, the yeah. return in the return of John Travolta. And this is also the, the same year, like you said. Yeah. Forrest Gump came out in 1994. The At, Lion King came out in 94. 94. It was Forrest a big Gump's, year for movies. The reason why Shawshank didn't win awards at the Oscars was because Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump uh, pretty much swept. cleaned up. It was amazing. They they won. They were nominated for eight, and they won seven. And uh, Shawshank, even though it bombed in the box office, actually was nominated for nine awards that year. So yeah, uh, 1995, we got uh, just an absolute cinematic masterpiece. Uh, the first one on the list, The Mangler. Yes, <laughs> starring Robert Englund. Yes, Robert Englund. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and also Dolores Claiborne, which, again, I don't find that to be a horror movie, but Kathy Bates was back, oh, and a uh, really good movie. It's a, it's Very a good family movie. drama. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a thriller. I don't know if I'd consider it a straight horror, but uh, Kathy Bates is amazing, and it's a great movie. 1996, we got Thinner. Thinner. <laughs> I walk around work all day, by the way, because we have Thinner at my work, like lacquer. Do you and like... I, no, and then... No, I don't even... I don't do uh, that. Dino's forehead? All day long, I go, Thinner. <laughs> you got to touch us like So it's kind of like a mix it. between Human Centipede and, and, and the actual lady from Thinner. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that movie. <sighs> 1997, we got one I've never heard of, uh, The Night Flyer. I've never... I don't, I don't think I've I have seen that. that. I have seen it. it is, I haven't seen it. It's a vampire movie, believe it or not. Yeah, I don't know that one. Go fi- go figure, Night Flyer. So it is, it's actually... I do believe it's based on a novella. It's not a full-length story. But yeah, it's about a vampire. Uh, in Stephen, a Stephen King vampire. It's actually... It's a decent movie. It's not like... It's not one of his top-tier movies, but it's also not crap. It's actually really good. 1998, another movie I didn't realize up until recently it was a Stephen King work, but uh, Brian Singer's uh, the Brian Singer directed App Pupil. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I know well, a lot of people like that. I've never seen it. Very good movie. I can't believe I've seen it. Very Check good. it out. But it is not horror. But it is. It'll mess with you. It's, yeah. it's a crazy. movie. You can tell once you see it, you'll understand that it's a Stephen King you, book. You, you know, I I think it's kind of like a. Uh, I think you can define that as horror. Uh, maybe not a maybe not your typical definition of horror, but it's it's like it's oh. upsetting. It's hard to watch. It's yeah. No, I agree with you on all those counts. It's actually a very good movie, though. It's worth if you've mm-hmm. never seen it, it's worth a watch. Uh, and like I said, you will realize about twenty minutes in that it's definitely a Stephen King book. Yeah, because it it he goes into and uh, Brian Singer does a great job of adapting the book. Like because Stephen King is always good at painting this great picture. And Singer is great at like showing a picture, and it is actually very good. You'll you'd enjoy you'll enjoy it. it rounding out the '90s, uh, the other one uh, that you know, one of my all-time favorite movies. I love it to death. The long movie that doesn't seem like it's as long as it is. The other one, Frank Darabont directed, and that would be The Green Mile. Yeah, Green Mile's amazing. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Then we hit the 2000s, uh, 2001, uh, which I didn't realize this was a Stephen King uh, uh, novella. Or it came from a Stephen King novella. That would be Hearts in Atlantis. Yes, yes. Decent movie. Well, actually, Not as Hearts good as that. It was a full book. Uh, it says here it's based I, on a novella, no. Low Men in Yellow Coats. Yeah, but they, they actually, he, he wrote a book, Hearts of Atlantis, as well. Like, it, it was a full-size book. Oh, okay. So maybe they, maybe the movie they, was based maybe on they adapted the novella, but the name of the book was actually, there is a book that he wrote called Hearts of Atlantis. So, a little different. It's a little different style for him, too. It's it's kind of a love story. It's got a, it's a real it's a real effed up love story, but it's kind of a love story. <laughs> 2003, one that's very popular, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, Dreamcatcher. <laughs> no. Yes. How do you, you, uh, Ass you weasels. Ass weasels. Ass weasels. Ass weasels is a thing. Are, are you, I, like, I just, that's one of those things. I, I watch this and it's like, Stand By Me is great, but this is basically how I would have written Stand By Me. I'm just saying. <laughs> You like Dreamcatcher, oh yeah, that's it, that's it, and like the space aliens and the, like like everything, I, it's perfect. Quite, quite honestly, that I I now that you say that, believe it or not, Dreamcatcher really is a Stand by Me. It me, is. It's like Stand by Me meets it because you have them as kids and then adults, and it's like so it's it's weird. Yeah, I, I would actually go with that. Yeah, uh, now it might make me change my opinion about the movie You're a welcome. little bit. You're welcome. By the way, Ass Weasel still, it's still a thing. Ass Weasels. <laughs> 2004, uh, the first one up, uh, another one that I really, really like a lot. Um, I always thought that it was just another adaptation of one of his previous movies, The Dark Half, uh, and that would be uh, Secret Window, which, of course, had Johnny Depp in it. Uh, very similar movies. They actually both um, they they both have... Um, why am I forgetting the, the 
Timothy Hutton. They yeah. both have him in it. Um, but they were very similar movies. That's a good movie. I, I, I enjoyed that movie. I like the, uh, of course, if you read the book, you did, you did, the twist ending is lost anyways, but they, I, I, for the movie itself, the twist ending is good. Yeah. Uh, also in 2004 was one that I, we actually watched uh, a couple of years back. Our friend Jen actually brought it, uh, riding the bullet. We saw it at one of your, one of our movie days. I don't know if I was there for that. It was I, at I, your house. I so. have not, I have not <laughs> seen <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. Was I sober? I I don't I don't it remember. Wasn't, it wasn't good. Yeah, I don't remember it. Um, 2007, we got a few of them. Um, 1408, which I know a lot of people dig. I'm not a fan of that. Love movie. it. I think it's terrible. What? I think that movie's absolutely Ugh. unwatchable. I I I can't watch you right at the moment. I can't. You don't like I'm unwatchable. No, I don't like that movie. Oh, wow. Don't like it at all. I, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, it's not like my favorite movie, but it's. I thought it was a good movie. It is my absolute favorite movie, period. Really? Uh, no. I, I was going to say. I don't know. Like, I like that it was this. It was different. Which it, it, was, good. it was like a puzzle box of a movie. I don't know. I, I just, I really dug it. I, and I like John Cusack and it's kind of, it was cool to see him do a horror film. You know, so. Well, he's done a few of those. There was the one in the hotel there with the. 1408? Not that one. No, there was a different. There was a different. The one other one. Oh, identity. Identity. Yeah. Oh boy, did I not like that one? Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. See, I actually like that more than. Wow. <laughs> well, that tells us all we need to know about <sighs> you, Mike. Also in 2007, maybe I should be doing the list that we're going to be doing for our third segment. Uh, also in 2007, another one of my all-time favorites, and the third one that was uh, directed by Frank Darabont. One, of, an absolute masterpiece of a movie, and that would be The Mist. Oh, absolutely. Yes. One of the greatest By horror the way, movies, top 30 horror movies ever made. I agree with that 100%, and I love the ending. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he had the balls to do the ending, too. Yep. Yeah. Like, it went to the right director, because most directors would have never done that ending, because that ending is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Frank Darabont is one of my absolute favorite directors. He has not done enough movies. No, Everything no. Everything he does is fantastic. But I think that's that, that's the key, though. He does really good movies. Like he finds something that he's passionate about, and then he makes it. And you can see his passion in the film because all the films he's done are very passion films. They're all very good. So I feel like he's very selective, unlike other directors who are just you know getting paychecks or whatever. He finds things that are in it, most of them Stephen King books too, mm-hmm. and obscure Stephen King books as well. Yeah, he like actually directed right one. It was a, not a Stephen King, as far as I'm aware. Uh, it wasn't on the list here, but uh, it's a Jim Carrey movie where Jim Carrey is not. A, it's it's not a comedy. It's the, called the Majestic. Yeah, uh, such one of my all-time favorite movies. Also, just a fantastic movie. Oddly enough, Jim Carrey's serious roles are actually really good. They are, yeah. and that's his <laughs> that's his best movie. That movie, in my opinion, is a masterpiece too. Internal Sunshine so was also really good, though. Liar, I never saw that. Liar, 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 liar. That's, <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure. I watched that last night at like two in the morning when at I couldn't least, sleep. At, at least it's not Click. Jeez. I mean, I know that's a different actor, but whew, talk about most depressing movies of all time, and that's including that's including Requiem for a Dream. I loved how well, okay, well, Alf, you no Requiem, <laughs> Stephen Bro. King's click. I, you know, my my I, when I, first time I watched Requiem for a Dream, I was at my parents' house, right? Okay, and so I'm watching this at my parents' house for whatever reason, and my brother happens to come in, and he comes in right at the end, ah. and he looks at me and he goes, "What in the hell are you watching?" <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I, I'm like I can't explain what just happened in the last hour and forty five. Nothing, nothing on. ends, nothing ends well there. No. Uh, so we move on. Uh, we jump forward. There was a gap there where we didn't really get a lot of Stephen King uh, for a while. But uh, 2013, we got the remake of Carrie, which is just an abomination. Yeah, we already went over that. So yeah, <laughs> we don't need that. Um, 2016 Cell. I never saw that one. It's uh, it does have John Cusack and. Uh, 
They did he, an, so he's in it. They did an adaptation of Cell? Yeah. Huh? Samuel L. Jackson's in it as well. Huh. Wow, they put people in it too. So yeah. I don't know Gosh. how I missed oh, this. Oh, I did see this before. I have seen this. It's like one of those like post-apocalyptic type things, I believe. Well, I haven't seen it, so I, I might have to check it out now because it sounds like there's people in it that I like. Yeah. yeah. 2017 was a big, big year. Uh, I started with The Dark Tower. Which I have not seen. I heard not 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 a lot of good things about. By it, the way, strong pass, strong pass. I'm sorry, but I don't think it's the fault of the the movie. As they tried to cram all the Dark Tower books into one movie, one 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 two hour movie. Actually, <laughs> don't, don't ruin the Dark Tower for me. I don't. I I don't want to hear. I don't want to. I don't want to see that film until I've read the Dude, Dark Tower. By the way. Don't see it then, because the Dark Tower, the Dark Tower series is so good, and the the movie, the the biggest flaw in the movie I can tell you is they try to cram all of it into less than two hours. Is and that possible? No, it's oh, not. Yeah, it's, okay, in, yeah. it's impossible. And trust me, that's why the movie suffers because they they borrow from things in different parts of the timeline of the books, mm-hmm. and because they do that, it just makes the movie fall flat because <laughs> you're just sitting there going like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And now this is this is a movie that has Idris Elba in it. Yeah, and he's amazing in everything. Is and the acting's not bad in this movie. And it's like I said, the storyline is is all right, but it's just they take from too much stuff. And if you read the books, trust me, you'll never like this movie. You know, there's there's many levels of what the fuck did I just watch with Stephen King? There's oh like yeah, Maximum Overdrive. What the fuck did I just watch? Okay, there, there's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, callback, okay. callback. Yeah, yeah, good, <laughs> good point. Never mind. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> also in 2017, we got the uh, first chapter of It. Of course. Yeah. Which is a masterpiece. I was going to say, where, where else do you put that one? Uh, Gerald's Game, which is supposedly the unfilmable mm. Stephen King movie that was actually excellent. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Straight to Netflix, but so good. It was very good. And Flanagan. then uh, another Flanagan. one I haven't seen. I think it's on Netflix also, 1922. Yes, the 1922 is also on Netflix. All right. Mm. And 2018, there was silence. We, we got nothing. I've never seen that one. But uh, yeah, nothing. There was nothing. Silence either. But, but twenty, yeah, but twenty nineteen. Uh, we we've had some some pretty good, uh, some pretty big ones that come out. Uh, so started with Pet Cemetery, uh-huh. which we already talked about. I dug that. It Chapter Two, of course. In the Tall Grass, which I've heard is kind of weird, but I haven't seen it. And of course, Doctor Sleep, which just came out. Yeah, there you go. Lots of stuff. We went over yeah. a lot of films there. And there's mm-hmm. a couple more coming out. Salem's Lot being the bigger one. I hope that that's not going to suffer because of, of course the, during the that poor... list they didn't they didn't count the made for TV movies because Salem's yeah. Lot of course was a made for TV movie in the it 80s a... and then it was in the 90s. Sometimes um, they come back. So there was the... where, where where was uh, Pet Cemetery too? By the way, that's um, not not to be wa- not to be watched as anybody should never watch. I love it. Really? You love Pet Cemetery well, too? I like well, Pet not, Cemetery 2 more than exactly. Pet Cemetery. Not exactly. I don't exactly love it, but man, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's sort of fascinating Clancy. that it exists. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown was amazing. It, I, no, 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 no. Clancy Brown was like, <laughs> Clancy Brown was like, basically they said, okay, I want you to be as Clancy Brown as you can. And so he camped up his own, like, thing. Of all the Clancy Browns in the world, he's the, he's Clancy, the Clancy Browniest. Browniest. Yes, that's that's a good way. That should have been the tagline. There anyway, sorry so, I brought it yeah, up. Yeah, I'm hoping the Salem's Lot, you know, isn't going to suffer because of what just happened with Doctor Sleep, but that's an adaptation I'm really looking forward oh, to. Oh, I love Salem's Lot. I liked, I liked the original uh, miniseries The as miniseries well. was great from 1979. So it's, it's so. really good. 
And, you know, the miniseries, that'll be another conversation for another time, but we're yeah, running yeah, short yeah, on yeah. time. So no, I know. I'm just that. saying they didn't add any of them in there. So that's cool. I liked it. It's great stuff. Uh, let us know what you guys think about the Stephen King movies. What's your favorite? You hit us up on Facebook, three uh, Horizon 607. Wow, I'm going to the wrong thing. And then, of course, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter also at Horizon 607. Hashtag HC607. We're going to come back with a talking horror segment and uh, end this long episode of Horizon 607. But it's a fun one, and I guarantee this final segment is probably going to be the most fun of all of it's going to be a crowd pleaser. We'll be back. Hey, it's Courtney Gaines, Malachi from Children of the Core, and you're listening to the Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to the final segment of The Zone. And uh, this is our talking horror segment, part two. I, the last segment, That's that's got to be part of it, too. That was a lo- you know, great talk. This, but, this uh, extended version that's amazing so far, yeah. in my opinion. So this is going to be probably the most legendary segment that this, this show has ever done. And there's a reason why our good friend Luke... I'm going to start calling you Luke the Maestro. We got the professor, Luke the Maestro... There's a reason why he or- we got him here. He orchestrated this whole thing. He got a hold of me last week and said, "What are you doing your next show? I want to come on. I've been trying to get him on for the last year, but of course he was a he was a drifter. We didn't know where he went. But uh, he orchestrated this whole thing. So so Luke the Maestro, we we've told you over the years that, and he told you when he was on the show once before. Give me some bad movies. I'll do a review. Just just get a hold of us. Give me anything you got. Throw anything at me. I will watch it. I will review it. Well, Luke is here specifically to talk about. The worst, the best worst movies, terrible movies that have ever been made. The best worst movies. Yeah. Okay, I I can't wait to hear this because I I I feel like I'll agree with some of these, but I feel like some of them probably. Oh, there's not. some humdingers on here. You know, I I um I I, I, I you're pretty close to what I want to do, except uh they're, they're I, these are great movies. These are wonderful movies. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I. You know, I know, like, you know, taste is subjective, but, um, you know, I mean, if if I were running the Oscars, these are the ones that would have won. I'm just saying. <laughs> I so, know some of the movies on this list. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, we it, I kind of want to go all over the map with, with some of this stuff. So um, I, and I'm going to start with one that I just watched. Uh, has anyone ever seen <laughs> uh, Last House on Massacre Street? <laughs> No, Absolutely can't say not. I have. Okay, Absolutely it's not. wonderful. It's also known as the Bride. The Bride is the more accurate title. Last House on Massacre Street is way more eye-catching, uh, and it's basically like <laughs> you've got this guy who falls in love with this girl who's rich, who had her dad give her cash to buy a uh, land so she could build a house, and then they get married, but. He turns out to be a scumbag, and she catches him cheating. And then, so she stabs him with scissors, and then runs away. And they don't know where he is, but he works for. Th- this is very convoluted. And this is just so. Here's like the thing. The, uh, the here's, what's, here's what's so wonderful about this whole thing. It's like basically she is tormenting this this slime ball that she married, and who's living with his mistress now. And but no one knows where she is and what like what her real end game is. And um, it's this this what I mean. It looks like. It was shot for like sixty bucks, and um, you know, and it's it, and 
I like I Give just credit. It was probably at least seventy. Oh my god! And and I like I can't like the guy whoever played the the father in this. You have to see this man talk. I just wanted to see this man say words. It's like, well, I uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 wonderful. Where do they get these actors? I have <laughs> so no it's idea. Fred Gwynn from Pet Seven. No, no, it's not that Oscar worthy to be honest. <laughs> so Last House on Massacre Street, check it out. Um, I'm going to. Uh, Slide over to one that I know Mike has seen, uh, Satan's Little Helper. I was hoping this was going to make the list because I, oh, I was going to bring it I up. I have you also didn't. seen this. Okay, uh, I'm glad you've seen this. This, oh this one is God. not that uncommon, but... Um, I want that hour and a half of my life back. Uh, uh, me too, so I could relive it. It's just... <laughs> it's wonderful. It's like... I, I, like, I, I just want to shake this guy's hand. And, you know, and, I mean, from the director of uh, Blue Sunshine, which is a classic, I think, but... Um, <laughs> but I want to really talk more about this than, than Blue Sunshine. So uh, the uh, this little kid is playing like this Game Boy, and he's like, he's basically Satan <laughs> or like helping Satan in this Game Boy. I I must have missed that Game Boy game, but um, but essentially, and then he runs into this like guy who may actually be Satan. You know what I mean? And and he thinks he's playing this game and. He's not. They're actually hurting people, but the little kid doesn't get it because he's an idiot. Apparently, he doesn't know that this is like you know he's living a real life here, and uh, it's it's kind of incredible. So yeah, the girl and, was hot, and well, it, it, you know you gotta you gotta check this out because I mean it was clearly filmed on the camcorder. Satan's little helper, beautiful. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to uh, roll over to um, what I think is an underrated sequel. The Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf. <laughs> All right. Listen. And this this movie the gets tagline, so the, much... The subtitle's the best. This, you know, this, this movie gets so much flack. And, and, and this is a series that includes the Howling 3 and the marsupials. And yet, Howling 2 is, like, apparently the one that's right. I, I don't get it. Now, wait, isn't Christopher Lee in this? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. He's, he's not giving the performance of a lifetime, though. I, I, you're right. He's giving the performance of two lifetimes. Okay? <laughs> there, you don't get much better than, than you know, it, like the queen of the werewolves who is upset because of what happened in the first one, even though that, like, none of that really influences anything in the second one, really. Are there even, is there even anybody from the first one in this? Uh, I think you see D. Wallace's coffin. Um, anyway, spoiler. <laughs> so anyway, um, the, uh, but then you've got, like, <laughs> Christopher Lee is almost like a like a Van Helsing type, but he does somehow. Christopher Lee is in this film, and he manages to do like nothing. <laughs> like he doesn't influence anything. You know, Howling is like one of my favorite horror movies too. It's, yeah. I don't like I don't like werewolf movies. It is such a great movie. Yeah, and then that's the direction that that movie. Oh man, talk about took. talk about the the franchise just took a hard left turn and just kept rolling down that hill. <laughs> it was amazing. So Halloween too. Yeah. Um. I wanted to talk about this one real quick because, you know, it's the holidays. It's Christmas time, right? We're all really excited about uh, the new Black Christmas. Can we talk about the first attempt to remake Black Christmas? Uh, That's a masterpiece compared to everything else we've talked about in this segment. Oh, man. I have never seen, like, a bright little yellow boy crawling through a house (laughs) menace a sorority... Uh, is is hardcore is you know whatever the hell it was like, like Black what? Christmas meets Home Alone kind of well yeah it kind of was and you know what's really funny about this is that the original Black Christmas is so good and it was like they almost thought there's nothing that we can do that can match this so why don't we do whatever the hell they did in 2006 
Black Christmas you know, remake. It's got a great atmosphere to it. I want to like that movie. I just can't. I might buy into this logic because by that logic, that explains this new one coming out this December. Exactly. And so that's actually why I'm kind of excited. I, it doesn't look like Black Christmas, but then again, neither did that one. No, that the new one looks like the Skulls 4. Yeah. The hey, Revenge. It has, it has Carrie Always in it. So. You know, I, one thing, too, real quick before you move on with that. Bob Clark, after the remake was made, Bob Clark was actually going to make a direct sequel to the original. Olivia Hussey was on board to come back. She was going to play the house mother. That should have happened, and then unfortunately he 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 passed away. He did. No, that that is sad. Um, but uh, yeah, the next one that I want to talk about because this is a movie that whether you see this movie or not, just be happy this exists. Incubus. Now, there's several movies called Incubus, but this is one that's from '66. This is starring William Shatner. It's an occ- <laughs> already I'm in. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh oh wait, it gets better. It's an occult film. Filmed entirely in Esperanto. <laughs> yes, that's right. So they filmed it in the the made up language of Esperanto, and it's <laughs> it's 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 perfect. Oh, it's Lord. It's, 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 is it's, this subtitled? Oh, oh yes, oh yeah, it is. Night. Okay. Oh yeah, it's subtitled, and it's uh, it's everything you want a you know uh, satanic film starring William Shatner speaking Esperanto to be. It's it's everything. <laughs> Does it's he a smoke movie a cigarette you didn't even and, know that you wanted. Does he, it's, does, does it's, he sing it's, Rocket it's, Man by Elton John in Esperanto? Though? I, if you know it, it, that, hopefully. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll talk about two more. Um, so uh, the next one is uh, a movie that um, we teased a little bit earlier because you know uh, tattoo. You know, we're doing Fantasy Island. Um, he was been in a couple of cult films. Um, yeah, do a quick, yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Forbidden Zone here, but uh, but Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. <laughs> I I love Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Yeah, it's it's basically. And there was ten other people in the house when you made us watch it. They wanted to kill you. Oh man, it, <laughs> I, it, what a, what a noble death that would have been. So essentially. <laughs> You know, it's basically this guy who wears like a top hat and a cape, Malatesta, who is, uh, he owns this carnival and he's getting these people in who is trying to, uh, he's trying to get their money to save the carnival, except they're actually looking for their son or daughter or something, it doesn't matter, uh, who disappeared in the carnival because there's like cannibals underneath it and he's Malatesta's like some sort of vampiric entity and there's another vampire and where Tattoo comes into this whole play, this whole thing is he's basically the Greek chorus of this whole thing. So people will be walking down the hall and all of a sudden he'll pop out of a wall and start commenting on what the hell's going on in the movie and then pop back through the wall and move on. And it's like it's like great. It's 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 it's, it's you know what? My defining moment, one of the defining moments of my life. I don't know if anybody is a fan of the the show Gotham. Oh yeah, but the Mad Hatter very much looks like Malatesta, the guy yeah. who plays Malatesta, yeah, and right. and we I used to talk about this like with the few people that I uh, ruined their lives with this film, and I said <laughs> uh, I said I'm one of them, I, and Mike uh, is one of them, and but what was great was in one scene in Gotham, um, towards the end when like the super villains are being super villainy, there's there he is and he's standing out. Uh, side of his truck that he has, you know, because the supervillains always have like a truck with something, and on this truck, Malatesta. Yeah, it was in there, and I, I was like, that. "Yes, these people know what the hell it is." I was they're so the, excited. They're the only other ones that have a copy of that movie, which you bought directly from the director, didn't you? I, his mother or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and but the final one, and this is a, this is a very emotional one for me because this is one that Mike gave me, so I didn't have. 
I have nothing to do with this, folks. This is all Mike. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Yes. The now, only film where a bed is the killer. Yeah. Well. No. No. Well, well that's the only one. A bed. But we yes. have a new. We have a new one. We need you to watch though. So talk about Deathbed because I have a new one for you. I'm so but, excited. But, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do have a new one for you. That, that's wonderful. a good surprise here. But, but talk about how, why? What's your parts of Deathbed? Because I have seen Deathbed as well. Okay. Um. I. That's I, the, I actually. Room have seen that movie. I, I actually. <laughs> we're I, probably three of like fifty people on the yeah. planet. Yeah. <laughs> that's including the people that made it. <laughs> I. You know. I. This is like. I love describing this film to people, like because it's like <laughs> so. There's a bed in a room in a castle, and there's a there's an entity, a guy who was killed by the bed, whose spirit is trapped behind a painting, who's looking at victims of this bed and can do nothing but comment on them in like this pseudo poetic way, and just and the bed doesn't. It's not like it's got like claws and teeth. It like dissolves people. Yeah, it just like, like, like it does it like a they phenus, just kind of sink into the bed. Fly trap, you know what I mean? Like it like digests them. But so you it's see, like, it's like gastric yeah acids so so it's like body melt yes it's like body melt but um but way more fun <laughs> body, body melt <laughs> yeah i'm taking up some bad ones there <laughs> body melt should be on this list but um yeah deathbed the bed that eats if that title alone doesn't do it for you i don't know what will all right so here's the new one for you and we reported on this, what, a few weeks back? About a month ago, yeah, About actually. a month or two ago. And it, it, it is out there. It's on VOD now. I have not seen it, but it exists. It's called Killer Sofa. Now, <laughs> now, I would like to preface this, though, just so you don't go in blind. You can watch the trailer before if you this want. This is a spoiler. It is not technically a sofa. It's more of a recliner. Yeah. Oh. But, but it's a killer sofa, and it's an Australian film, I do believe. I believe you're right although, although although you know what we've been having good luck with australian films yeah believe it or wow, not the last two, this one's gonna be a the last two we've <laughs> the last two we've watched were very good let's well, hope shutter picks it up body melt razorback i'm just curious what you're watching well no we we watched boar 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 would be more up your alley it's more cheesy it's more tongue-in-cheek but bill mosley bill mosley was in it yeah oh i'm in and then the other one was actually really good it was the the furies which i've Mis- mistakenly called the furries before him, but it was the furries. <laughs> he kept talking, let's watch the furries. I was like, it's well, the furries. I think we should probably make the, Fury, the furries. That one I think you would like. Yeah, I think Diesel should star in the furries. Oh, yeah. Because I think he's he's he'd definitely be in. His girlfriend could write it. I, exactly. She can also direct it and produce it. It'd be good stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Killer, Killer Sofa is the one for you. Now, you forgot one big one. The best of them all. I didn't. You didn't, because I thought you just said you only had two left. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I thought I'd save that for another time, but do you want me to bring up Hell of Living Dead? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you subjected me to that. You got divorced because of this movie. <laughs> this movie cost you a marriage. This is true. Uh, you can't write this stuff. This uh, is true life. I'm going to yeah, we'll leave that alone. But, you know, it, <laughs> we, we won't go into that full detail. <laughs> but, but, but we can talk about this movie. We'll put that on Patreon I love how, I love how we started with me drinking dish up. We'll have to have you on Love is Scary with Spooky Mike and Dr. Derek to talk about <laughs> that getting one. getting divorced yeah. because of Hell of Living Dead. <laughs> I, I, Hell of the Living Dead is... Uh, my, I bought this movie because a friend of mine who was a big horror fan was coming into town, and I said, "Hey, I bought this movie," and he loved like obscure stuff. I mean, he's the guy who got me into like Argento. Oh, it's like, he's, I mean, he was like really into into some good stuff. So um, I said, "He goes, really? What is it?" He's so excited. I said, "Hell of a Living Dad." He goes, "No." And I said, "What do you mean, no?" He's like, "No, no. I will. I, I." And he's he was like the nicest guy in the world, up for anything. The one time this man ever said no to me, no. 
I cannot see that. I've seen that once. I will never ever <laughs> see that again. And so I just I love showing people Hell of the Living Dead more than I love showing people Melatesis Carnival of Blood. Now, now, how many times have you seen this movie? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it unfortunately once, and I plus want to divorce I, like, you. I, plus, I like fall asleep to it every now and again. But I, um, <laughs> it's basically like a, a, a Bruno Mattai was like a ripoff artist, and he ripped off. Um, uh, Dawn of the Dead and he ripped it off so much this is my favorite story about this film um, is that uh, he, he got uh, Goblin to do the soundtrack you know the great Argento yeah, yeah. Collaborator, collaborators who did the, the soundtrack to Dawn of the Dead the problem was is Goblin had no idea they did the soundtrack for it um, he credited them but he took the soundtrack from Dawn of the Dead <laughs> and just pasted it on there and said soundtrack by Goblin and they <laughs> the band was like uh what? <laughs> no idea. No idea. This has more inappropriate stock footage than like your than anything you'll ever see. It's just it's wonderful. So the movie starts. Was it in Russia? There was like a nuclear meltdown in Russia. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, we, we don't we don't care for specifics or logic here. Well, they, no, we're going to talk about this because they they walk. <laughs> this group of people walks through a zombie apocalypse from Russia through I believe Italy to the United States in like an hour. Yeah, and that's just the accents. And that's just yeah. And now in between, like like different things, there'll just be like random like monkeys jumping from tree to tree that was clearly taken from like National Geographic. Well, you you kind of you kind of are jumbling it all up. And if you if that's even possible with this film, there's a nuclear meltdown. There's zombies. They end up going to the jungle. I don't. Who the hell knows oh, that's why right, they're that's there? Right. They do walk through the jungle, and, and and it's like they're driving, and then they look Which out the window, the and then and then you see a shot of like a, a rhino like <laughs> running through yeah. the jungle. Elephants, back, elephants. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, the monkeys. jungle explains why there were monkeys jumping from trees to yeah, trees. And they, that's right. They did walk from Russia uh, through, I believe, I believe Africa to mm-hmm. Italy to the United States. Yeah, that, that hell of a living dead. That movie hurts, and in and, and, and so many wonderful ways. Well, maybe we should invite him because we, we were discussing, debating for Patreon, doing the uh, movie night review of, of Thanksgiving. Oh, this is the guy. Thanksgiving was on my list for the record. <laughs> so maybe maybe we so, should yeah, do it. I think I might be the only one that hasn't seen we, we, that You haven't seen oh, Thanksgiving? Okay, so no. we're definitely doing it. Oh, yeah. So you what we'll it, do, we'll, we'll get around. We have to do it this month. It'll be for Patreon. So if you want, you'll have to, you'll have to subscribe to Patreon. Do you, you own this movie? I, you know what? Thanksgiving? I'm going to buy it. <laughs> oh, we forgot one other one that I watched with you. We had a cult movie night, and I decided to uh, to bring over uh, not the first one, not the second one, but uh, but it was the third, Ginger Dead Man, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday Night, night Cleaver. Cleaver. Oy, oy vey. Yeah, yeah, that happened too. But I think the, that's going to have to happen for Patreon. Thanks Killing, here in November, the horror movie for Thanksgiving. Since Mike hasn't seen it, this could be culture shock. I may, we might, It might have lesser audio, because I might have to just do this at your house, and we'll set up like this uh, my computer with a microphone attached yeah. to it and enjoy what happens when we give a review of things killing i think people will enjoy wait. that yes <laughs> perfect very much so but yeah there you go so that's it that's what we got if, if you would like to send any more bad movies luke just please do please do because he's excited we get we just gave him killer sofa so i mean he's gonna he's gonna have a little I, bit of I business think that we need to put up a poll on on uh, twitter we got a good response when we did the halloween yeah, ones. i think we should this do will, that as this well. will be a, but a crowd pleaser we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a few and we'll, we'll definitely get him some more so he can do some good reviews of some bad movies twitter's the way to go yeah it's definitely the way to go but anyways so if you want to do that you want to talk about anything we talked about you want to tell us your favorite bad movies or anything we talked about this episode we're going to tell you once again hit us up on the social medias we're on facebook horror zone 607 
We're on Twitter at HorrorZone607. For all the social medias to join the conversation, use the hashtag HZ607. Uh, while you're at it, you can visit 8122productions.com. Uh, from 8122productions, you can stream and download our shows from there. You can check out all the reviews that Mike has up there. Maybe we'll get some of these archived ones onto the website so you can see some of the, 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 the finer ones that Luke has even done because uh, he talked about a couple of them tonight. So get get some of those out there so people can get a taste for it. Of course, you can check out the Three Fat Nerds. You can check out our friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Uh, Ken M and me just did the wrestling show over on the 3FN Network. Uh, that was really cool. If you're a wrestling fan, go ahead. We're going to do that once a month. Uh, we you know we have so much going on over there. And plus, events and news. So in the events and news, you can also see Diesel from Three Fat Nerds terrified by the actual Art the Clown himself. It was pretty awesome. And he was, he, I, I, I promise you, he was. I thought he was crying at one point. <laughs> so uh, with that, you know, we have a ton of going on there. Of course, once again, you heard us talk about it. We're, we're going to have to do it now. For the month of November, we're going to have to review Thanks Killing. We never thought we never thought that Mike didn't see this movie, so it's got to happen now. We're gonna That's going to be coming at you for Patreon. Once again, we have two levels there, a $1 and a $3, so we're not trying to break the bank. We're just trying to help out with some of the expenses here. Once again, the show's going to be completely free, if not, but you get the show early. You get a whole bunch of cool bonus content, and most importantly, you get to hear us a lot more. Especially Mike. I can't wait for... I cannot wait for Love is Scary with Spooky Mike and Dr. Derek. I feel like this is going to be my new favorite thing to go to. I don't even know where it's going to go. That's that's the best part. The the best part is I have a front row seat. I'm going to be in here producing the show, and I'm not saying a word. I'm not not miking up. I'm nothing. I'm just going to be here producing and let it go where it's going. Luke the Maestro, you're going to have to join us at some point, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, for all that, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash 8122productions. All right, thanks, Rich. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to us once again here at Horizone 607. It's been a fun show. This is this might be my favorite show that we have done up to this point. I, I'm, I'm I, glad. This was a great one. You know, it went a little long. We're, we're right around an hour and a half, a little over an hour and a half. And you want to know what the cool part about it is? We had to get it in because we don't know when Luke's going to come back again. So uh, hopefully it's not a whole other year. Because it was a lot of fun. Well, he's going to go drift away now. So, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, last I think what happened last time is he got a job at the Overlook Hotel. He, he made it out, thankfully. I don't know. what I think he's just like walking across the country with a guitar and a couple dollar bills stuffed in it. So I you, don't know know. I, you know what I'm envisioning? Remember the show Hitchhiker? Yeah. It's exactly like He's that. our very own Rutger Hauer. Oh, I oh. All right, so, uh, so yeah, that's the show for this week. Thanks for coming, Luke. We appreciate you being here. Thanks, Come man. back soon. And uh, Rich, thank you for for being my everything here. Yes. You are the wind beneath my wings. Uh, did you ever know that I you were my hero? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm letting you know that now. <laughs> All right, so tune in next week with more from uh, from more shenanigans from this pathetic little show here that that we've got, and uh, we will see you guys then. This is Mike C saying, see ya. See ya.